This is First Class Counselors, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. First Class Counselors is dedicated to young and up-and-coming camp mavericks. By equipping and empowering our on-the-ground staff, camp directors can rest easy knowing that our campers are having the true life-changing experience that parents expect. Find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and professionals at camphacker.tv. Hi there, and welcome to our podcast. This is episode one of First Class Counselors, a new mini-series in the Camp Hacker Podcast Network. On today's show, planning perfect programs. If you would like easy, automatic, free updates of the podcast, you can subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or most other places you get your favorite podcasts. This week's podcast is sponsored in part by camp pros like you who support our show on Patreon. If you've got even one good idea from the Camp Hacker Podcast or First Class Counselors, you can show your support for our shows for as little as $1 a month. That's right, $1 a month gets you some great rewards too, just like a Kickstarter campaign would. Please go to patreon.com forward slash camphacker. Thanks for lending your awesome out, Camp Mavericks. We hope you enjoy First Class Counselors. Hello, Camp Pros. My name is Oliver Gregan. I'm the Summer and Family Camps Director at YMCA Camp Jewel in Colebrook, Connecticut. And I'm Matt Hansberger, and I'm the camp director at Pierce Williams Summer Camp, and you are listening to First Class Counselors, a special series of the Camp Hacker Podcast. This is a series for camp directors to give to their counselors as they hire and prepare for the upcoming summer. That's right, because great camp directors know that counselors have the most important job at camp. Their abilities can make or break a camper's week, and they hold the keys to a camper coming back year after year. Each episode, we'll meet with some all-star camp staff and give your counselors the tools to make summer the best one yet. In today's show, we'll be talking about programs and how camp staff are being intentional with how they make it the best for the campers. And since this is our first show, uh, which we're really excited about, we wanted to tell you a little bit about where these ideas are coming from and why these shows are going to be popping up in the Camp Hacker feed. Oliver, can you share a little bit about where the inspiration came from for First Class Counselors? Yeah, so uh, I started becoming a camp director uh, just a few years ago, and one of the things that I was looking for was something to give to my staff so that they could become more prepared when summer was starting. So obviously, we do all this work just trying to hire staff to come to camp ready in the summer, but we never had anything to actually give them. So something that I started doing was I obviously was doing my own research, stumbled upon Camp Hacker and Camp Code and uh, this wonderful industry of information sharing. And I started giving that to my counselors and getting them prepared. Uh, and then after I actually got a chance to talk to Travis about this and how I was sharing some of his podcasts with my staff, we got talking about the idea of having a show that was just for the counselors. So something that could actually equip them with the specific needs they needed during the summer. And we were really excited about this idea and uh, it took off this fall and now we're moving on with it. And we're really excited and I'm really happy to have the two first people on the show uh, to get us going with what our show is going to be like. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that Camp Hacker is such like a, a, like a behemoth of information for camp directors and those leadership staff, those big like change makers on the, they think very deeply about the culture at camp, but um, I've, I've always believed that counselors, they literally have the most important job because if, if you're not a great counselor, then you know, your campers are going to have a bad week and not want to come back to camp. So um, I'm really excited that we have some, uh, some young camp pros that are going to be joining us throughout the weeks to share um, their recent knowledge of uh, 
of camp and all the ins and outs of their specifics of how they can make it really magical and, and really dive into the practical tips. So I can't wait uh, to get things started. Yeah. So like I said, I'm really excited about the people that we have with us today. Uh, so first off, uh, can we get Jessica to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about yourself, your camp and your camp history. Hi, I'm Jessica at camp. I'm also known as Ica. Uh, I'm an alumni at Pierce Williams Christian Center and our mission at Pierce Williams is to welcome, teach, and serve. To welcome all who come, to teach all who wish to learn, and to serve God in all that we do. And this is a really a mission statement that I've kind of taken on for my life as well. Um, and it's just a great way to live and learn. And I have been working at, or been involved with Pierce Williams for 13 years now. And I just love every minute of being at camp and chatting with camp people, and I'm very excited to be here today. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, Rachel, can you tell us a little bit about your history in camping and what your career has been like? Of course. Uh, my name is Rachel. I'm from YMCA Camp Burnley in West New Jersey. Um, we have our four core values, obviously, because we're YMCA Camp, of honesty, caring, respect, and responsibility, and that Burnley, we really try to push also inclusion and making sure that every kid feels like they belong. I have spent uh, five years on staff there, including two on the leadership team. Okay, so the big question of why we're here today is about planning activities. That's our discussion point. So our conversation today is supposed to cover that. We want to see inside the minds of the people who've been doing this and know how programming works on that ground level. So during summer, a counselor may be a part of a hundred different activities and some of our leadership team have to plan a lot of those activities. So what are the hits and what are some of the misses? And that's what we want to talk about today. So one of the best ways to start a conversation is uh, what was one great activity that you ran when you were a counselor? So uh, let's get started with Jessica. What's a great uh, activity that you were ran, running as a counselor? Well, at uh, Pierce Williams, when I was a counselor, we had an activity called Choose Your Own Adventure. And it was an activity that a staff member had to create that would last all week long, one hour a day. And I chose to do baking because I love to bake outside of camp as well. And I was able to really get the kids involved in all of that baking aspects. We made cookies, we made chocolate chip zucchini bread, and they did not believe that it was actually zucchini because they were like, what? It has no taste, but it tastes so good inside the chocolate chip zucchini bread. Mm -hmm. uh, we made cupcakes. We spent a whole hour just decorating with icing and they loved every minute of it. And we had so much fun, not only with the baking, but also with the cleaning up as well. All right. uh, was it outdoor cooking? Did you uh, do the cooking inside with the kitchen? Who'd you work with? We were inside, um, coordinated with the, with the cook for the, the summer to make sure that we had all of our ingredients ahead of time. And we have a little kitchenette in a separate building that we were able to use and dedicate to our baking session for the whole week. Uh, <clears throat> how many kids would you typically have in that class? I limited it to about six to eight kids, just so that in our very small kitchenette space, we didn't have too many bodies trying to do everything all at once. But it's also a small enough number that we're able to delegate out tasks so everybody was able to get their hands dirty in our baking. Do you have any special memories with that program where, you know, maybe a kid did something that was kind of amazing? Honestly, seeing their decorations with the icing was incredible. They were so creative, so much more than I ever thought that they would be. 
Rachel, Rachel, what about you? What's an activity that you uh, have run at Bernie before that you saw really successful? I actually really like running pranks with my kids. I know that a lot of camps have different cultures with pranks. Um, some of them are more impromptu, but at Bernie, you have to get them approved. So they're very organized. I love them because you can really have the kids have ownership over them. Usually what I do is I pitch the idea like, hey, let's go decorate the boys' cabin with a bunch of Iroquois rule sign. That's our unit. Um, and they'll be like, yeah, let's do it. And then it just blossoms from there because you give them that idea and they can really get creative with it. And at the end, they're able to look around and say, hey, like, this is something that I did um, that no one told me how to do that I was able to create myself. And it's just really fun because you get to go around causing some mischief. Uh, for any camp directors who might end up listening, can you describe a little bit about what that procedure is for getting permission to pull a prank? So how it works is you have to get approval for whoever is in charge of the unit or the cabin or the person. Um, we've even pranked our camp director before, so that's pretty fun. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's very organized. Um, and the rule is that the person you get approval from obviously can say no. So, uh, and also safety is always a consideration. Okay, so you actually go and ask the person that you're pranking at a time too? Yeah, so not the, like if I was to prank an individual cabin, I would go to their unit leader and I would say, hey, can I prank cabin X? And they'd be like, yeah, sure, go for it. So the cabin wouldn't be aware, but their unit leader would. So that way everyone would know it's safe um, and the unit leader can plan for it and it would all be fine. Uh, is there a really great prank that you loved running uh, during your time at Bernie? My favorite is we just made this giant statue castle thing out of all sorts of things we found on camp in our meeting place. So we had canoes, we had buckets. I mean, this thing was probably like eight, nine feet high, and it was made by a bunch of seven-year-old girls. Um, so in the end, they just had this impromptu cheer fest around this little castle as the rest of camp rolled up, and it's one of my favorite camp memories. All right. Uh, what about Matt? Do you have any great programs that you ran back when you were a counselor? Yeah. Um, one that I'll give you one that I'm proud of. I want to go back to Rachel's for a second. I thought, I think that's really cool how I think like every camp director, when they hear the word prank, they like bristle. Even I was like, ah, pranks. <laughs> but I love Rachel, the intention that you guys put into it. And I love that. Like the, the one that you were the most proud of, like, wasn't a like prank. Like you're not harming someone else or you're not, like damaging someone else's self-esteem or self-worth that you're just like doing stuff that's unexpected. It's, it's just like fun, impromptu stuff. And I love that it empowers kids that way. So I think that really gives me something to think about in terms of like, not all pranks are like bad pranks. I don't know. That's cool. That's great. Thanks. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. This one came out of, we ran at the camp that I grew up at, we ran choose your own adventure, similar to what, um, Jessica was talking about, but it was just one hour. Like you just, you picked a, a thing for one hour and um, somebody, when we were in our staff circle, somebody was joking like, oh man, it would be awesome if we just napped for a whole hour. And I was like, that's kind of cool, but how do we make it hardcore? So enter extreme napping. Um, extreme napping was this session that kind of came, just came out of my head and it was, um, the idea is that you start by napping and you have a book that you're reading, but every couple of pages, um, you just, you say run and you get the kids to run all like follow you, like chase the leader all the way around the site. And then you say nap. And then they all just lay down wherever they are and you read the book. And we took that to the extreme. Like we would climb the biggest hill in camp and then nap and then run and like roll down that hill and then read the book and nap. And then we would go to the beach and nap and then swim out to the water trampoline with the book in a plastic bag 
um, with the lifeguard being present, of course, um, and then nap on top of the water trampoline and have a huge bounce fest and then um, float in the water and read more of the book. So it was just this like zero prep kind of just get a book, get a plastic bag and get a lifeguard and, and have a blast. Um, and it was, it was awesome. It, it was great hearing that the kids loved it as well. So, yeah. See, I heard pranks and I was like, okay, maybe we can make this work. And then Matt brought up napping. I was like, oh no, Are the kids going to sleep the whole camp away. Like what's going to happen here? But no, that's awesome. I love that you took something that a lot of parents would be like, wait, my kids are sleeping all day. Like what am I spending my money on? And you turned it into something where the kids are like, no mom, it's the best thing ever. Um, that's really cool. But it does lead us kind of into our next conversation because you talked a little bit about how all you need is the book and a little zip ziplock baggie to keep it uh, dry. So our next question is, you have like an hour, a group of kids, and you need to do something that ha takes a little bit of setup time. So what's something that you would end up doing? And again, we'll start with Jessica. Uh, well, something that I love to do that has no setup at all is to just go and explore in the forest. I have a little bit of background with identifying trees and some animals and moss. And so I'm able to take that knowledge that I have into the woods with us as we just explore. And we turn over logs and check out all of the bugs and find the worms and the centipedes and the spiders. And we're lucky we have salamanders as well. And the kids love when we find those. Um, but also it's drawing their attention to the moss and the way that not all moss feels the same way and just letting them kind of go and explore the woods, which is something that not every kid has that opportunity to do. And sometimes it turns into a bit of some shelter building as they're, you know, just having fun. And yeah, I love being out in the woods. <laughs> Jessica, what do you say to a counselor who is not a woodsy person? Like they love camp, they love being outdoors with their kids and playing games but going on a trail hike has never been a strong suit of theirs. And they may say something to you like, I don't know different types of trees. That's totally fine. Make it up. Absolutely. There's <laughs> so much that you can do out in the woods, even if you know nothing. You can get together with the kids and create your own names for the types of moss that you find and create your own names for the bird calls that you hear. You can have so much fun with it. You don't need to know all of this stuff going into it. Perfect. Uh, Rachel, what about you? What do you do with your hour of time that, you know, that's that leadership staff member just came up to you and was like, Hey, look, um, you know, the activity that you were going to be on has been taken. You got an hour. What are you doing with your kids? So I have more proof that you can just add the word extreme to any activity and you can make it work. So we like to run something called the extreme kindness competition. Um, and basically I just split my kids up into groups with a counselor and they have to run around camp and see who can do the most good and kind things. Um, and I actually can't ask for a better quote because apparently one of my girls turned around to a staff member and said, you know, at first I was doing this to win, but now I'm just doing it because I like being nice to people. So it's a really good way to kind of trick your kids into doing nice things. Um, and again, it's that sense of ownership that they get over uh, doing nice things. And it, it shows them that, you know, I went around and I helped this person with whatever activity um, and I felt good about it. We also uh, saw the older boys do it this summer and they loved it too. So it's something that you could definitely do across all age groups. Does that get you huge brownie points with your leadership staff? If you can come up with an activity that connects back to the core values of camp? It totally does, but it's not just about the brownie points. You know, it's about actually putting those like ideas into practice. And that I'm, it warms my heart when I know that at the end of the day, they actually learn something while having fun. 
Um, was there any particular people that your kids got to say thank you to or do an act of kindness for that you felt was truly rewarding for not just your kids, but that person as well? Yeah, particularly the kitchen staff, because that's such a hard, thankless job most of the time. And it's so, so important. Um, and even at the end of the summer, the kitchen staff still had the thank you notes my girls wrote for them hanging up in the kitchen. And it just, it's really sweet, you know? Rachel, again, I love that it's, it's all about like making the camp culture better and, and interesting. It's, it's really cool. Um, the, my, my quick thing was mindfulness. Um, and it connects with Jessica because Jessica said, you know, she likes playing in the woods and that's something she's really passionate about. And mindfulness is something that I've really been working on. Um, so for me, um, I have a couple of programs just kind of that I've, I've written uh, and I have them saved on my computer. So if someone says to me, you know, can you come run a, a session? I can say, yes, I've got this one. Give me 10 kids. And I just go to the printer and print off my session and I'm good to go. I know exactly what I need to do. And I think that's, that's a huge thing for young uh, programmers is to, uh, we'll talk a lot about writing your programs down, but just having them on hand in a folder on Evernote or something that you can just pull and go um, is huge because that cuts down on your prep time. Um, and it's, you know, if you can go to the dollar store and buy a couple of things and keep them in a little baggie um, to go with you, uh, I think Jessica will talk about that a little bit later, but having that on hand will make you um, just able to run awesome programs at the drop of a hat. So mindfulness is my, is mindfulness exercises, forest walks, yoga, that kind of thing. Yeah. Oliver, let me hear about that pineapple hike that you're, I, yeah. I know you've been asking me about it so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the pineapple hike, it just came one day we were, it was a rainy, horrible day. And we'll talk about rainy day programming, but it was one of those days where you had that mentally in your head that this was just going to be a day where your kids like sludged to the woods and complained about this hike that we were going on. Cause it's the hike that some of those kids had done a hundred times and they just kind of wanted nothing to do with it. And we typically will do a snack while on the hike. And I went into the dining hall. I went to our kitchen staff and I was like, hey, look, uh, I'm doing this hike with the kids. I need to get our snack. So while I'm grabbing all of these granola bars and stuff, I see that they had just gotten a shipment of pineapples. And I was like, all right, cool. We're going to make this work. So I took a pineapple. I put it in my backpack. I asked the kitchen staff first. I just didn't steal food. Uh, and... I got to my kids and they're all sitting there and we're about to go on this hike and they all look miserable. And I go, all right, you guys, I got something to tell you. There's a secret pineapple hidden in the woods. And if we can find it, we will save this pineapple. Do I have any brave people out there who are ready to save this pineapple? And what I thought was going to be, Oliver, you are the most ridiculous counselor I've ever had in my life. Please just be quiet. I had these kids hooray, like they were about to go and save the princess of some, you know, tower hidden away with a dragon around it. And we went on this hike. Um, they were marching down the path. They were like, we're going to save the pineapple. And eventually we got to the end point, which is this actually very beautiful waterfall. And I just casually slipped the pineapple out of my backpack, hit it behind a rock. And I said, we have to have the pineapple, find it. And the, the moral of the story goes is like, no matter how bad the weather was, if you can find something strange within your day and really buy into it, your kids are going to buy into it. So that counselor buy-in for whatever program you may be running is so monumentally huge that it can be raining. It can be a long hike one day in kind of cold conditions. And all it took was a pineapple and some buy-in and my kids were totally different than anyone would have expected them to be. I love that pineapple hike. It's one of those like favorite camp memories. So our next one is a little bit more serious. We want to get into that 
what do you do to make sure that you're ready for an activity? So what is the planning process that you go into before you start or go into an activity? And again, Jessica, uh, if you want to kick us off. Absolutely. I am a huge planner. And so what I like to do is really break it down. So if I've, I've got an hour long program, I break that down into five minute intervals to make sure that I've got all of my time covered. And, you know, if we're walking out to the woods and it's a bit of a distance away, I make sure that I keep that in mind in my planning and account for bathrooms before we get going so that we don't have to make trips back and forth cutting into our awesome activity time. Uh, and I also plan extra so that if we run into the situation where the kids are just having maybe not as much fun as you expected, you've got those backup things that you can just pull out and have them ready. And lastly, what I really like to do is to make sure that I have that plan set. I go through and find all of the materials that I need and I make a master list. That way I know I'm not missing anything. Now, when you're going through this, do you do like a play-by-play -play of every single little thing in your head? I do, yes. Uh, it's not a requirement for making an awesome program, but that's just the way that my brain works when it comes to programming. So I like to kind of go through it all in five minute intervals and say, okay, you know, this activity is going to last 15 minutes, but you know, how am I going to tie it in together at the end? Or how, you know, if it only ends, lasts for 10 minutes, what is that going to look like with that extra five minute chunk of time? Rachel, what about you? What do you do when you go into planning an activity? So I'm also a big write everything down person. Um, I write down every idea I think of whether or not I actually believe it would work because I believe that even if it doesn't work here, it could work somewhere else. Um, then once I have everything written down, I write it down into a schedule that makes sense to someone else who isn't me. And I'd like to give that schedule to the staff because I think it shows um, to them that I care that they're informed and it also makes everything run smoothly because now they actually know what's going on. When you get that schedule out to staff, do you assign them certain parts of that schedule if it's, say, a daily event or something? Um, it depends on the nature of the event. Like, obviously, if there's stations, they'd be assigned. Um, usually, if it's just a schedule, like, here's breakfast, then we're going to be at this activity, uh, there's not really a need for them to be assigned. But if there's roles to be filled, definitely. Uh, Matt, what's something that you do uh, when you're planning an activity? My, this is my go-to is to almost write a script for myself. Um, so if I'm planning, you know, and my nature mindfulness session um, is one that I most recently made. And, and I literally wrote out word for word what I was going to say. And with that, that not being the intention to read every word, but when you write out and you really think about every word and how you're going to say it, it takes a lot of time, but it really makes you think about um, every single aspect and what's important and what isn't in what you're saying. And if you're just kind of filling time or if you're like, this is really important. And I find that my plans will change as I write that script. So even if I have an outline, like if I'm going to like hike for 10 minutes, talk for five, um, do the labyrinth for five, it, as I'm talking, I can be like, well, I should save the labyrinth for later because it ties in what I want to talk about now. And it just, it helps me really, um, get to the core of why I want to do this session in the first place. And, you know, and then if you, if you're just having one of those moments, um, like I bring my session plan with me as I go. And if you just having one of those moments where you don't know what to say, you just pop the script up and read it. Um, kids aren't really going to care or that it's, it's not going to be the biggest deal for you to read that. And then, you know, um, that what you're saying is good and you've got it. So it, it's a, it's a backup, but it's also a, a huge pre-planning tool for me. 
Yeah. One of the things that I thought is really cool is you talked about how you can kind of really see it out and everyone talked about writing down. And one of the things that I've definitely learned as a camp professional is kind of a three to one ratio for every like one hour that you are running an activity. If you could have three perfect hours of planning the activity, you know that one hour is going to be perfect. Uh, sometimes one of our first questions was you only have a limited amount of time, obviously, and that seems to be a camp way at times. But when you have that time to sit down and write something down and plan ahead time, your programs do do much, so, so much better. So <clears throat> I think we all agree, write something down. Um, and I always like to check in with somebody as well. My question for you guys now is as now a leadership staff member, so somebody who's gotten to step up within the camping community, what is something that you would want to advise counselors when they go into running their own program? So when they're in that activity, what do you say? This is something I really want you to acknowledge. Uh, Jessica, yeah, let's start with you. All right. Uh, one thing that I have to say is to have fun with it. That's really the biggest thing, because if you're not having fun with the activity that you're leading, the campers aren't going to be having fun with it. And even if it's something that you feel that you do not have passion for, if going out into the woods for you is the worst thing that you can possibly do, and you get assigned to leading a nature hike, you make that nature hike the most exciting thing possible for that hour that you're with the kids. Afterwards, you can go back to hating it, that's fine. But in front of the campers, you're gonna show that passion and excitement, and that's gonna get them passionate and excited about it too. And also take that time to listen to what the campers really wanna do. And if you have that opportunity, try and create an activity that they want to do and run that activity with them. And Rachel, what's something that you would advise all camp staff to acknowledge when they're going to run a program. Don't underestimate the importance of time management. Um, I, I think that anyone who's been around camp can probably pull together a good program. Uh, but the question is whether or not you can pull together that program in a way that you stay sane. Um, it's really easy to just get lost in all the details and to be constantly stressed out. So it's important to do the planning, to delegate if you have to, and to not sweat the small details that really aren't going to affect the overall program. Matt, what's your advice? What's, what's something you want your counselors to acknowledge when running a program? Um, my big thing is, is not being afraid to get feedback. Um, and that comes kind of during and after. Um, one of my favorite things and where I've learned the most from my facilitation is by asking the kids what they thought of the session. And I tell them like, if you didn't like it, that's fine. Like, I want to know how to make it better for the next time I run this session. And the kids have like given me like very weirdly specific details. They're like, you talked about this thing for just a little bit too long. And I was like, that is very insightful from a 10 year old. Thank you very much. Um, and, but on the other side of the coin, I would also um, challenge uh, the counselors out there to talk to one of your directors or your leadership team members and ask them to come out and join your session to give you some tips. Um, I know that if any of our staff here at Pierce Williams asked me to come out and check out their session because they wanted to become a better facilitator, that's like green flag for this person really cares about what they're doing. Um, so don't, don't do it to suck up to your director, but do it, do it because like they have, you know, like, Myself as a director, I don't get to hang out with kids that much. And it's A, an excuse for me to get to go and hang out with kids and do whatever crazy program you're running. But it also um, lets me invest time in you as a counselor, which is 
you know, as directors, that that's why we're here is to invest our time in growing you as counselors. Um, I would be very surprised if your director or leadership team member said no to coming out to your session. So that's my challenge for you counselors this summer. Um, get someone to come and evaluate your session. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'll give you um, in the show notes after this uh, camphacker.tv slash podcast, uh, I'll post uh, a copy of uh, our session evaluations that you can check out um, and kind of evaluate your own session or, or uh, use that to evaluate your friends or something like that, just to get some critical self-reflection on it. Yeah. I think my little bit of advice too would be don't worry about the money so much. Uh, a lot of counselors will have this great activity in their head and they think because they have to buy this pack of balloons or um, they need, I don't know, baking soda and vinegar to make a volcano that they can't ask their camp director or their leadership staff member for, you know, the, those supplies. Uh, I think any camp director is willing to say, yeah, sure. No, we'll definitely buy those things so you can run a great program. Uh, I just think it's funny sometimes when a camp counselor will come up to me and be like, hey, why aren't these table settings so much cooler for all camp day or, you know, a big special event? I go, well, because those are a one day use, and it would have cost me like 200 bucks. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, but, you know, what we could do is, you know, throw some books on the tables for, our, you know, Battle of the Books Week, uh, which was, I think, one of my favorite events that we ran. And the kids actually read the books that were on the table. So it was very exciting. So I think one of those cool things is counselors, you don't need to worry about the money. You don't need to worry about the budget. That's the camp director's job. Um, I would rather have someone ask me a thousand times for money and me, unfortunately, have to say no a few times, but to be able to give them that opportunity is much more beneficial to me as a camp director. Uh, Rachel and Jessica, before we move on, did you guys have any, any final words of wisdom or final um, like challenges for our counselors uh, that are going to be listening to this podcast? Yes. Buy many more socks than you think you need. Um, and be very mindful of how you talk about camp when you're on camp. Um, it's really easy to get sucked into this black hole of, ne- of just wanting to criticize things that you see going on instead of having productive conversations. Um, and I th- it's, it's tempting, but the more you try to actively understand where people are coming from and why decisions are made, the better off your summer is going to be and the stronger leader you're going to be. That's awesome. Jessica, any words of wisdom? Uh, I'm going to go back to just have fun with it. Um, That's a really big one for me. And it's something that it kind of took me a little bit to find that passion and that ability to have fun with the programs that I was running. But as soon as I did, it really changed the way that I was able to interact with the campers during those sessions. Okay, so uh, that was awesome. Thank you guys for uh, your contributions there. I love that we have some practical tips. Um, And along that line, we're going to move into our highlights of the show. So um, I've got a list of things. We'll put them in the show notes, but also just to elaborate on those practical tips that our guests have left us this show. So we started off, we talked about um, reframing pranks, asking for permission and um, doing things that are random and that aren't going to hurt people, but are cool and unexpected and that the kids get to plan. Uh, You can make everything extreme, even napping, extreme napping. Uh, Use your passions. What you're passionate about will uh, make your sessions better. We talked about kindness competitions, which is awesome for making your uh, camp culture better. So think about your programs and how they can affect the overall positive culture at camp. 
Um, we talked about how pineapples can even be magical. Um, and Oliver talked about how uh, if you bring your enthusiasm to something, um, kids will take off with it and make it awesome and even better. In terms of planning your programs, we talked about timing it out and making a master material list um, to make sure that you are filling the whole space of your program with intentional, um, intentional stuff. Also give out schedules and assignments ahead of time, making sure that people know what they're doing and when they have to do it. Script it out, write down exactly what you're saying so that you can think about it more deeply and follow Oliver's three to one ratio. So for every one hour of activity, three hours of solid planning time will get you a good session. Uh, lastly, in the philosophies of our program, we talked about showing your excitement and your passions or just fake it till you make it because if you're excited, the kids will be excited. Uh, time management and really, again, making sure you've timed it out so that you know what's going to happen at every time. And even if you deviate, you can get back onto the schedule. Uh, don't be afraid to get feedback from the campers and from your senior staff. And it's okay to ask for supplies. Don't limit your thinking to what you could afford because maybe camp has something or uh, your director can come up with an idea for you. So that collaborative effort. Boom. All right, perfect. Yeah, that sounds like a great show and a lot of things that I would want to keep talking about. All right, so that was a great show today. Uh, we got to learn so much from everything. Our last segment of our show is our get ready portion. It's all about getting ready for the next summer. So all of us are leadership staff here and we want to make sure that our staff is getting ready for the next summer. And there's so many ways to do that. So we just want to ask, how do you want counselors to get ready for next summer? And Jessica, can you kick us off? Absolutely. Uh, so one thing that I would suggest is spending a little bit of time gathering up some resources into what I like to call a bin of possibilities. Now it could be a bin, it could be a bucket, it could be a bag, something that's easily accessible and easily towed aroundable, uh, but it's got a ton of different things packed into it that you can just pull out at a moment's notice. So it might have a deck of cards, a book, uh, some quick and easy games written down on cue cards that you can have the kids pick through, it might have a ball, a raccoon circle, just quick things that you can pull out for rest times or free time where you want to keep the kids engaged all throughout that time. Perfect. Sounds like a great idea. Uh, Rachel, what's something that you want counselors to be doing to prep for next summer? Something they can do is keep in contact with people from camp and reflect on their experiences together. Uh, sometimes the distance is really great for perspective and you can learn a lot of really good lessons on reflection. Um, it's also great to keep in contact with those people to keep those conversations going and make sure that you always have that in the background of your mind. Matt, what about you? What do you want counselors to do to get ready for the next summer? Yeah, this time of year, I was just looking out the window and it's snowing right now. And I was like, this is the farthest thing from camp, right? When it's snowing outside. But um, I remember when I was in school, this time of year, you kind of start forgetting about the summer, but to get that passion going and get your brain in the camp mode, um, I'd recommend some resources. Uh, so there's lots of books and stuff like that, but there's a great free resource that if you haven't seen already, um, it's called Ultimate Camp Resource, and it's just ultimatecampresource.com. And I'll post the link in the show notes, but basically it's this huge library of camp songs, games, and other things to um, just give you some more things in your toolkit. And, and a lot of it is, is really good, but there's a lot, a lot of stuff. So some of it might not work with your culture or might not be possible, but there's going to be something in there that if you go on for half an hour with the goal of finding one thing and just to write it down in your journal or, or save it, um, like we talked about in the show, just to pull out, uh, it would be a great addition, like even a new camp song to wow your friends with at the next campfire. Um, so that's ultimatecampresource.com. Yeah, I definitely always get on my counselors for read something, find something out there that's already there. So Ultimate Camp Resources is one of the 
great one to go to. And I like to acknowledge my staff are in a position where there's a lot of resources out there for them already. Most of them are high school students who are going to college or are college students. So there's groups, organizations that you can become a part of in your communities that help you become a better counselor, whether it's leadership in school and becoming a part of a student senate or a class council or the outdoor club. These are all great opportunities for staff to step up, get some learning, and talk to some other groups out there in the world before they come back to camp. All right. So with that being said, and that being our show, um, let's see how we can reach everybody after the show if anyone has any questions. So Jessica, how can people reach you if they have a question? All right, you can reach me if you've got questions or just want to talk about camp, because I love talking about camp, uh, through my email. That's ICA at campusbetter.com, I-C-A at campusbetter.com. Right. Rachel, how can people get a hold of you? They can reach me on Facebook. My name is Rachel Quinn, or they can reach me over my email, rquinn5 at edu. That's I-N-E-H-A-N-T-O-N. Perfect. Matt, how do we reach out to you? Yeah, for sure. So if you have any thoughts about first class counselors or if you want more of it, or if you think that I talk too much, or if you have any other bits of feedback you want to give, um, please uh, reach out to Matt, M-A-T-T at gocamp.pro. Uh, we'd love to hear your opinion. Or if, again, if you want to talk camp or uh, want to follow up on any of this, these ideas, uh, we can connect you to our, uh, our guests or we can chat those out. It'd be great. Oliver, how about you? Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, I use Facebook Messenger for basically everything. So you can find me on Facebook at Oliver Gregan, and it's G-R-E-G-A-N. You can also reach out to me via email uh, at oliver.gregan at ghymca.org. All right. Uh, <clears throat> if you enjoyed today's show, we would be so grateful if you could go to camppacker.tv slash love. That link will get a tweet ready for you to talk about the show. Yeah, that's right. And uh, reviews for us are really important for not just us, but all the Camp Hacker podcasts. So if you uh, feel like you've gotten some practical from today, or you feel like there's something really great that you're definitely going to pass on to your staff, we would be really grateful if you headed over to camphacker.tv slash iTunes. Then you can click the ratings and review button and tell uh, the world how much you love First Class Counselors or the Camp Hacker podcast or Camp Code, um, just because uh, we love doing what we do. And it's great to get your feedback. Uh, and again, camphacker.tv slash love will uh, help you spread that love as well. Yeah. And don't forget, if you want our show notes, they're available at camphacker.tv slash podcast. And with that, remember, camp is camp and camp's all good. First Class Counselors is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening, friends.